0: Hey, Daniel here from Markers on the Map, and this week it's a gaming adventure in the jungle as we take a look at the new rounds in the fifth season of Fall Guys. Then we head to the skies in the opening hours of The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword, and we've also got a ton of news, like Steam's new portable PC. Don't forget to check us out on Twitter at Markers on the Map, and thanks for listening. markers on the map and this is my meals on the map order check it out a 10 piece premium currency nuggets with some sweet and safe point sauce a medium side quest fries and a medium vanilla iced. markers on the map presents trial by energy drink e3 espresso with three extra cream what about you
1: i get the chicken club member sandwich and then i get me a side order of you know side quest fries but they ask me do you want that second seasoning pass i'm like yeah just add that second seasoning pass on there and they said, What type, type of, sauce? of sauce? I said, Let me get the sweet and sour double XP weekend with couch Coca Cola.
0: And all this stuff is there and meals on the map. Now that that's out of our system, welcome to a brand new episode of Markers on the Map, our weekly gaming adventure where we got, oh, we got Fall Guys this week, that's for sure. That's <laughs> and so- some news and games. Anyway, my name's Daniel, and as always, I'm here with my good friend and co-host Robert. How have you been this week?
1: Uh, same old, same old, normal. Uh, nothing really has uh, changed. How about you? I'm (laughs) alright. I
0: had to get some fillings this week, so, um, I'm just okay. That's not fun. No, it's not fun at all. Um... So there's been quite a bit of stuff in the, in, in gaming going on this week. Um, so we got some news this week. But I think what we need to start off with this week is some early impressions of Fall Guys Season 5. So I say we waste no time and get straight into it this week. All right. um, so Fall Guys Season 5 launched just the day before we recorded this episode. And the theme, as we discussed last week, is Jungle Adventure. We've got costumes based off, like, Explorers. There's a mummy one. Mm-hmm. Um, the new Fame Pass has, like, a tree. It has the guy from Spelunky. It has an alpaca, a gin, if you can get to level 50, which is never too hard in, in Fall Guys. Um, but, you know, I'm liking the theme so far, but we have a few initial impressions, I think, on some of the levels. Yes. That <laughs> yeah um some of these are hit or miss from you know first impression and and there's a few complaints we have but i i don't think that the season itself is bad it's just got a few rough spots with some of the levels so let's get into our first impressions on treetop tumble this is the opening round it can also show up as round two that's a race it's got varying you know levels it's got a high level a medium level and a low level each of them is viable. Nothing's really too difficult about this. But mm-hmm. staying on top can be slightly challenging.
1: It's For me, this is a good beginner round. Nothing like terrible about it, honestly. It's pretty fun. I, at least, it's pretty great, honestly, because you could go whichever route you feel like and you just kind of figure out which is the best path for you. So I kind of like this as an opening round. It's not too difficult.
0: Yeah. Nothing in it seems awfully... Like, nothing's going to take you an extra amount of time. It's it's actually even faster to go on the bottom if you're good at avoiding the obstacles, which aren't too bad. I would categorize this even as one of the more easier first rounds in the entire game, whereas something like Skyline Stumble from Season 4, you still have times where you're waiting for people um, after you've gotten a goal for a long time, and sometimes it times out and everything. Um, I don't think that's ever going to happen on, on Treetop Tumble. Mm-hmm. Because it's just, it's pretty decently easy the whole way through. The rhinos aren't a huge problem if you get knocked down to the bottom at the end. Um, I, I mean, the, the hardest part about it to me is honestly just staying at the top. And it's not a big loss when you fall to the bottom. So, I like it. An interesting one that they added yesterday was Lilypad leapers. This is primarily a jump-based round, like, the entire time. You could probably chain a jump without hitting the ground the whole time um in this one i am also a big fan of this
1: yeah uh nothing too. the same thing nothing too difficult i guess if the only i think we've we said this or at least you said the only difficulty in fall guys is just other players the only time you'll ever have any difficulty on any type of like obstacle course is if someone just knocks into you and that's it or grabs you or anything just in that sort It's just another player can add that whole like factor of just being a difficult level because they bumped into you or grabbed you or whatever but other than that it's pretty much like fine uh i usually take the middle path in the end i know you avoid it but i take it
0: yeah i tried it again uh earlier before recording and i i just kept messing it up and i'm just like no for some reason i'm not hitting the center of this lily pad in the same way that you are pretty much every time <laughs> i think the only time you got messed up on it was when somebody hit you yeah so. Yeah, I mean, if it's not for the 59 other people with you in Fall Guys, there wouldn't really be a challenge. It's a fairly straightforward platformer. And uh, Lilypad Leapers, I feel like, takes a lot of cues from platformer games, like, mm-hmm. say, your Sonics, your Tropical Freezes, stuff like that. Um, so I, I really like it.
1: I'm trying to think, what game does it remind me of? What game did I used to play that had, like, trampolines or something where I had to do that? It'll, it'll come to me, I'm trying to remember what, because he's saying it, it, I think the reason why I hit the middle so well is because it's a platform that i played so much, so I'm just like, what is it?
0: I feel like the 3D Marios do stuff like that, too.
1: Maybe, it's probably one of those.
0: Yeah. Um. So before we get into the ones that we're kind of not as, uh, not as good with, we'll talk about Stomping Grounds. This mm-hmm. is the evolution of the Snowball survival level, except... You have three charging toy rhinos locking onto you like madmen and charging straight at you. And, you know, it, it, I've seen it throw 25 people off and around and mm-hmm. it goes straight to
1: final after that. It's kind of wild. It, it is the, it's the evolution of the snowball one. Uh, it's, it's fine. The only time you may fear it's unfair is when, this happened to me once the whole time playing it though, is that the Rhino would lock onto you. The I, I think the Rhinos are programmed to lock onto players, whatever, not on purpose, but only what's in sight, and I was just so happened to be the only one in that area, so it just kept locking onto me. Um, yeah. I know you say avoid the edges, but honestly, I've done better running around the map on the edges than I ever had being in the middle, because everyone's just in the middle. I don't think people figure it out that I the lo- people might not figure it out that they're locking onto them. So everyone just stays in the middle. So everyone just kind of just gets all like crashed together. So I just kind of go around trying to avoid them as best as I can. And usually maybe like out of the whole times I was playing, there's like three times I didn't make it through.
0: For me, I usually just go where the rhinos aren't because some people might not know this, but I'm assuming most people know by now who have played it. When they charge, they're only going in a straight line from where yes. they're facing. They're not going to turn true, directions. Yeah. They're not going to do anything that's unpredictable or anything. The yeah. only thing that's unpredictable is who's going to be the next person that they get locked onto, how many people are next to that person that are going to not get out of the way in time. So I say if you keep like a respectable distance from the rhinos, um, you have plenty of time of getting out of the way. And also a good tip would be to always, always, always have all three of them in in your view mm-hmm. using the camera. So, uh, it 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 really lends itself to to being able to do that as well. The arena's small enough to where you can always have your eyes on all three of the rhinos. So
1: small enough to keep all three of them in it.
0: Yeah, um, it does feel a little random sometimes, but not. It's very controllable, I think. So what does feel a bit more random is the um the bubble one. Yes. I'm um, forgetting the actual title for it, but bubble. Bubble
1: Buster, or is it like Bubble? Something like that. I'm a it It's
0: basically Hoopsie Legends, but you have to pop bubbles. You have to pop 15 bubbles. There are a few gold ones, and there's, I believe, five or six areas, and the bubbles will spawn in two of those areas at bubble a time. Bubble trouble. And you use it. Bubble trouble. There, there we, go. we go. Bubble you, trouble. You use a little wheel in the middle to get around mm. faster with a high player count this can be very very difficult if you have an issue with depth perception you might think you're gonna get a bubble and you don't you either overshoot it or you stop right in front of it and somebody else just swoops in and grabs it um the bubbles do respawn in some of the positions but it just feels like with a high player count it's very chaotic it's a little bit better with a low player count but that's there's not many people who qualify in a low player count um the gold ones are a little obnoxious. And I'm not the biggest fan of most of the areas on this one.
1: You you said you compare this one to Hoopsie Legends? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I agree, but I, I think when it no, I I think it is like Hoopsie Legends, but somehow it's worse because it's at least worse. In, in Hoopsie Legend, the the item is stationary and you just have to climb to it. Instead of it just being kind of, like, on the obstacle course and you have to get to it and can get knocked off or whatever. Or just, like, everyone else can just get hit by a hammer or something. They can just fly towards whatever you're aiming for. But, yeah, my problem with it is that it's it's not forgiving. Like, the obstacle course, honestly, is not forgiving at all. You have to be on point with your, like, skills of, like jumping and like grabbing and then like uh timing it where if the thing elevates high enough and you can jump for it like you just have to time it so well so it's not forgiving at all for anyone who's not good at that so this it, is it where it feels like a very high level yeah this is where it it's you either enter based off skill or you enter based off random chance because you just ha- so happen to get enough of those time uh i'm just gonna call it i'm gonna call them coins they're the time coins or whatever I think there's actually no. I think it's a sun, isn't it? Yeah, it's a sun. It's a sun. It's
0: like the Mario Bros. sun. Yeah, from, it's uh, Super
1: Mario, Mario Bros. Star. A <laughs> sun's a star. So, uh, just get just collect enough stars, and then you you know you you proceed to the next. I I had it where I've I've had it where it's I have fourteen stars, and it, it's like oh. Only seven qualified. So, like, oh, I only need one more. And it took me to the very end to get one more star. That's how, like, it's un- that much, that's how much unforgiving it is where I can try to jump on a single little edge platform and I won't make it because it's just, you have to be precise on it. So, I don't know. I'm no. I'm not really a fan of that. That's what's making me not pass. It's just you have to be so precise on it.
0: I'm personally getting a strategy down to where I find the nearest one that's spawning things and kind of just walk and jump at the lower ones and learning how to line up like the lily pad ones to where i land on the bubble and everything and I'm, I'm i'm doing fine with it i really hope in the future maybe they add an outline to the bubbles i think something like that would help honestly with you know if you were thinking you might overshoot it like if you see the outline okay you can mm-hmm. jump at it and get it so just stuff like that i i feel like this game will get a little bit of a, a rework at some point um penguin pool party this is like penguin pursuit except
1: it's not a team game yeah no i have a personal reason why i don't like this one yes you do ever since maybe like into season two when we played this fog we play foggers every season there's not a season we haven't played and well, I've yes. only finished last season because, honestly, I liked the, the last season, like, items. Like, every other season, I've gotten to where it's the final crowns, like, you get out of it, but I never finished because I was like, I really don't care for the final item. But mm. nevertheless, um, since season two, I've always played like, and whenever you play, like, Royal Fumble or Tail Tag, I would have a tail or I would have whatever, a penguin or whatever, and I would be on my screen, like, a good couple feet away, but And then all of a sudden, I get grabbed on. I'm just like, bro, like, I don't know how he, like, got, he caught up so much. But you tell me, he's like, no, dude, you're, like, he was on, like, top of you the whole time. I'm just like, I don't see that. So, for some weird reason, I have some type of lag or delay where, for me, they may be miles behind. But in reality, they're just right on my tail and they're they're grabbing me, they're holding on to me. So, when I heard that this is an individual, you have to hold on to the penguin and then, all this like stuff for 25 points too yeah 25 points i i have like i don't know i just like roll my eyes i'm just like not stressing out but i'm just like why i'm just like i'm just gonna have a terrible terrible time with this one like most of the time i can guarantee i'm not gonna probably pass it
0: it's not my favorite
1: you know round of fall guys obviously
0: but i do put it above something like tail tag where it's not a a contest to grab something because if you are holding the penguin while somebody is trying to grab it from you you're still getting the points for that penguin so Mm -hmm. at least it has a little bit of give with that um there's plenty of penguins there's good hiding spots as we've seen um but it can get a bit chaotic and in 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 the case of just normal gameplay or if you have lag or latency issues it can get very frustrating. Yeah. Um, it and it really depends on the type of Fall Guys player that you're playing with. If you're playing with somebody who's like really good at like basketball or something, you're gonna have a bad time with with Penguin per, uh, Penguin Pool Party. <laughs>
1: this one's this one's fifty fifty because everyone has a different internet connection. Some people have very slow. Some people have very fast. It's just one of those things where someone can seem far away, but you're right on them or someone can think that they're far away or it's just like a whole thing. I don't know. This one is, it's it's 50, 50 for me. It's like, I either I pass or I don't, but I've, it's happened too many times where I'm 24 points and then someone just qualifies right before me. And that's happened too many times where I don't know. I just, I still I, put oh, bubbles below it. Like I don't yeah. like the bubble one. <laughs> it, it's it's one of those things. Like I said, I hate I hate the player versus player type of games. Like just let me play an obstacle course. I don't like playing. Against I almost other wish people. it was a team game. Now, now what I'm saying is that what if these were team games and not individual games? Would they be better or worse? Both of them.
0: In this instance, I'd say maybe, maybe saying oh I don't want any more team games is a bad idea because these feel like they should be the team games, and maybe the smaller penguin should be like the um the the, the winter one should be the the solo game because it's a, it's got a smaller arena and stuff
1: like that. Maybe just don't even put these type of games in it. That's always. I mean, the third eventually option.
0: they gotta expand. Now we got the jumping one, but yeah.
1: Yeah no, I think yeah my major problem is that it's another player versus player type of game, which I'm just like, let me play an obstacle course, player versus environment, arena, aggro crag, Nickelodeon guts-like game. Don't let me play against other See, people. See,
0: that's why I like the final. The final is a is an arena. It's It takes some cues from DoorDash, but then adds in obstacles from all five seasons um, into this jungle theme. It's called Lost Temple. It is a maze-based final where there is... At at points, three different paths you can choose from. It starts with with two, it can go to three. Sometimes you're going forwards and backwards. Sometimes it takes you all around the whole thing before you even get to the crown. To me, honestly, I think this is the best final they've put into the game so far. I've already won two crowns from it. And season five has only been out for a day. Um, I'm really enjoying how if you hit a wall that's you know the one you go through Mm -hmm. you can have that lead but then you might lose the lead to somebody who hits the the next wall and then if you can do better at them than the obstacles you can get that lead back and you have another chance of basically it takes that weird thrill of doordash and turns it into something that's not you know a plain simple round of doordash i really like it Mm -hmm. Uh, now the ending part with the jumping lily pads and the crown um I'd have won a lot more than two crowns if I wasn't so bad at that, but yeah. that's
1: besides the point. Uh, my only complaint about the finals is that sometimes it could be unfair on the paths Like, I don't like the fist one because, like I said, if players are all bunched up together and you get knocked, you can fall off and lose all like control and then everyone can get way ahead of you before you can even recover. And then sometimes I'm just like, I wish sometimes it was individual rooms that you start off in and you just go through a whole maze by yourself with obviously meeting players from time to time. But I don't know. It's one of those things where maybe it only works with everyone starting in one room because it's the only way people can be fair. Because what if one person just has an easy path towards the crown and that's just like an easy. Well, they'd have to find way a way to balance it. Yeah.
0: If that was the case. But, you know, I've seen 17 people go into this round at yeah, once. They're not
1: going to make 17 individual rooms
0: yeah (laughs) overall i really like it i really like the season i'm looking forward to some of the costumes that looks like they're coming out they teased some crossover on their uh twitter today so there's already crossovers coming And oof i need that uh that that one with the pirate ship on its head in the in the fame pass the 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 scourge of the seas i really want that one so i'm already like level 16 or something so i'm 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 off to a good start (laughs) Anyway, that's the news on Fall Guys. Now we'll get to regular news. Um, some interesting things this week. Netflix says they're going to get into games. Mm-hmm. Having, like, I think mobile games on the streaming service. Um, that's interesting. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about Netflix streaming games. But, I mean, if they can stream, like, real good quality games, i kind of be interested if they don't add more money to the subscription fee which i don't think was a thing that they were going to do
1: all right, all right so netflix is getting just throwing their uh, two dollars into the streaming service uh, of gaming as we see with a lot of companies now i think what everyone kept saying is that streaming service like that should be like netflix where you just pay a monthly fee and you, you have access to all these games but now here's the question Will will the price be right? Because now you have to take in the factor that they have to now have these servers available and ready to host every single game that they're gonna have on their service. That's the major problem. Are there you know original games? Are they you no know, new IPs? Or are the existing titles already on other streaming plat? You know streaming service platforms. Well, it
0: says that they're gonna do ad free mobile gaming at no extra cost. So it's it's mostly gonna be mobile games, I think. Okay. So I'm wondering if there'll be like any if it'll be like Apple Arcade if they'll get like those type of games because Apple Arcade has some very interesting games on it. Um, some of them come to consoles, some of them don't, but it does have a very like decent selection. It has um, Clap Hands Golf, which is very popular mm-hmm. lately. It's the it's from the Everybody's Golf um people, I believe. So I mean, if it doesn't cost any extra and you can stream some may potentially, like, exclusive games, it might be worth them getting into the the, the game streaming business.
1: It, it's one of those things where the game business is so niche at this point. It, it's not like the 90s or even the 80s where you can start a company and release a platform. Like, Sony did that with the PlayStation, or Sega did that with their Genesis and all that. But it's one of those things where they can't just... Add it and expect it to work. They have to put the work into it because even, like, top players right now struggle with, like, you know, the change of, like, gaming, you know, the scene changes every time. So even the top players, you know, struggle here and there. So we'll see how that works. I don't quite
0: know when it's going to start, but it's it's a lot I've been hearing about this past week. Um, But you know what rhymes with stream? Steam? Steam. Steam?
1: Oh, I was right, it was Steam.
0: (laughs) Um, Steam is releasing a portable console, but it's actually a PC called the Steam Deck. Mm -hmm. Now, at the time of recording, pre-orders are already sold out for quite a while, I think, but this is going to be a handheld device that can run Steam, so you can play your Steam games on it, which means it's essentially a portable PC. Okay, so at this point, they've released the details, right? Yeah, they've got specs. They've got, like, three different versions of it. I believe it's a 720 screen. I Don't quote me on that, but it should be able to run things at, you know, 60 frames.
1: Now, my thing is, if it can run things in 60, what if it hopefully maybe look into it, like how the Switch does it. They have, a you know, the, the dock, and you just put the Switch in, and it goes on a screen. What if they can do that with this? So people, I
0: believe they're coming out with a dock for it.
1: So now people, now hear me out. So someone who wants to get into PC gaming, but they don't have either the time or the money or anything of that type of combination to get, like they can't find the right part or anything like that. They're just like, I need this certain setup and they're not getting it. Or, you know what, I just want something easy, simple, quick. And they could just add a dock. Mm-hmm. So then they can just buy a monitor, the, you know, the, the Steam, the Steam, Uh, what is it the steam deck and then the dock and then just a mouse and keyboard and then just plug it all up and then just have it available right then and there
0: exactly it says that the official dock will connect to an external display wired networking usb peripherals and power and Mm. you can use a usb c hub if you've got one um so it's it looks like a it looks like a, a hybrid of the switch and the wii u that the analog sticks are set up to as on the top like the wii U's, but the, the the d-pad and the buttons are also on the top but this is essentially what um, like feels like steam's answer i guess to the nintendo switch except you're running steam on it you're having access to the steam library the the picture itself shows like i believe doom or control hades um just from the stock picture that they have on the website so there's four paddles on the back uh, of the of the Steam Deck, and a 64 gig runs at 399, while the higher end uh, 256 gig is 529. The 512 gig is 649. I honestly think if you're at all interested in PC games, this is a great entry. I mean, especially if there's a dock for it.
1: Yeah, if it's if I mean, what's the initial? Price that they put it for like the most expensive one. What's the initial price?
0: The most expensive one is that uh, six hundred forty nine dollar
1: one for the 512. 600, all right, so five twelve. Six hundred. Alright, so six hundred forty nine dollars.
0: Pretty good for a five hundred twelve gig.
1: <laughs> now this was like two thousand seventeen, even sixteen, fifteen. That's like almost a whole PC. So it's just might as well make a PC at that point. But since PCs are so expensive now, that you're gonna hit like the at least the like. Twelve hundred, you know, a thousand two hundred, might as well just get this. This is yeah. the, the price of a graphics card, so just pick this up and you get the whole thing in one package.
0: Yeah, I, it definitely seems like a great deal. Um, the the two higher end options look like they have NVMe SSDs. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not a pro at PC stuff, so I don't know what NVMe is, but at SSD. Whereas the 64 gig only has an eMMC, so do with that information what you will. But I'm actually interested in this once like the hype calms down and you know it's readily available which i don't think will be for a while but mm-hmm. it's i love the switch put it that way yeah and i love that you can put the switch on the dock and play it on the tv now i would love to play some of these <laughs> pc games at high frame rate on my tv that aren't like on the ps5 or something so i'm liking the steam deck i think it's a good idea
1: yeah, if they can, if the dock can hit 1080, 60 on mostly everything, maybe like the new high end stuff, maybe dip to 40, 30, But I don't think no one complains about thirty frames that often. If it, you know, if it has to, it has to. But only we complain
0: about thirty frames.
1: <laughs> that's true because we've been spoiled with everything getting a sixty frame update. Yeah, but it, it, this could this could be the the uh, the budget that. Everyone who's getting into PC Gamer or just wants something simple can get. And that's pretty pretty cool, actually. Yeah.
0: Anyway, some upsetting news now. Uh Uh-oh. Get all that good stuff out the way. Now we got some upsetting news. Rainbow Six Extraction has been delayed till January 2022. That was supposed Mm -hmm. to launch in September. My opinion on that was always... are they gonna have enough content is this a delay Mm. because of content reasons or is it a delay because of refinement reasons they've not said as far as i can tell but it's delayed till january so that's about four month
1: delay it being delayed till i don't know it it, the lack of content maybe that's what i see it mostly honestly with that being delayed
0: yeah we can't say for sure but this struck me as something that like are they gonna like this is a game that they need to have a lot of content for
1: it's just it's so weird because they released that gameplay trailer and they released all this stuff promoting it and then it's just delayed
0: like most things ubisoft has released like, like far cry 6 was supposed to come out in february if I recall correctly. Prince of Persia was delayed. Um, Writers Republic got delayed. For Prince a, of Persia.
1: A while now. It's supposed to release in March this year.
0: Yeah. So there's there's definitely some delays going on.
1: Um
0: and on the Capcom front, uh Reverse was supposed to come out like this month. Mm-hmm. Uh, July twenty twenty one. Not to not to date the episode. But it it got delayed till next year. Mm-hmm. Reverse. Um okay. at this point, I say just change it fundamentally, or turn it into a raid mode like in Revelations, or a mercenaries mode in third person. Because I, I, I don't think the reactions to the beta for this were 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 great, and delaying it a whole like to an unspecified time in twenty twenty two when it was supposed to come out like literally probably this week, um,
1: I <laughs> it's pretty bad. I don't know. It seems quite a few things are still getting delayed.
0: Yeah this one didn't even seem like it looked all that great to start with so maybe they'll rework it maybe this is a good thing maybe this is a good thing
1: sometimes the delay is a good thing but don't make it a duke nukem forever scenario the worst which is announced in like what 98 yeah didn't release until like like 2012 delay,
0: delay reverse and work out the criticisms that you've gotten from the beta because they were plenty um so there's game delay news um, something I really qu- wanted to point out was a couple of new games coming out. Um, one's called Away the Survival Series that PlayStation posted about on their blog. You could play as a little sugar glider, flying squirrel in it, but mm-hmm. you can also play as a praying mantis in this game. And I like a praying mantis. <laughs> I don't really know what it's about, but it's a little game where you can play as like some little creatures and I'm
1: I'm all for that. Was Picantis and Bugsnax a praying mantis, right?
0: Yeah, he was a praying mantis. Maybe you can play as picantish.
1: That's what I'm thinking.
0: <laughs> and another game that... um, a, a few other games that were, you know, kind of quickly announced this week were FPS games. One is Gundam Evolution. It's mm-hmm. an upcoming free-to-play FPS that takes place in the Gundam universe. I'm really excited for that. Um, Whenever it decides to come out. And they also announced Tom Clancy's X-Defiant. Which is, I believe, a punk rock themed mm-hmm. first person shooter in the yeah. tom clancy like greater universe
1: yeah uh it says it's free to play you already know what that means is it probably have like a seasoning pass or whatever but yeah. or a battle pass <laughs> but uh i I've, at least i've i've see if i can register for it i did hopefully i get to get an early you know test to play it and then like we can discuss it on the podcast but you know cross fingers that's the best we can do if it doesn't happen oh well it's still a free-to-play game we could try it out later
0: this seems like it's going in with that ubisoft whole free-to-play thing that they talked about where Mm -hmm. they've got like the roller champions game and that one battle royale that i don't hear much about usually and now this x defiant and i mean whatever subscription game based games they have uh, in the future so now
1: we got some Yu-Gi-Oh news. <laughs> okay, that's not that often.
0: Yeah. Yu-Gi-Oh Master Duel is a like a free-to-play online simulator basically for Yu-Gi-Oh. It's probably going to be strictly online um unless they decide to add some like offline bots that you can fight or something, but it's probably going to be more multiplayer focused. It is in the vein I believe of Magic the Gathering Arena online and Pokemon TCG online where you've got maybe structure decks or something and maybe you can get codes to get packs but you're probably getting like if you want certain packs you can probably earn them with in-game money or put ten dollars down on on cards in this and then duel people online it's probably going to be an ever-evolving thing that gets more frequent updates than uh the uh, the switch game Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it'll probably be, like, in the vein of Duel Links, where it gets very, like, frequent content updates. Um, I'm feeling like this is not going to be the casual
1: Yu-Gi-Oh! game. No. I I would say that I'm a, I'm a very casual Yu-Gi-Oh! player. I know what the meta and all that stuff is, but I don't get into it. Uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! You have to put the time, effort, and money into it, which other hobbies come in and stuff like that but it, it's fun i i play it very casually very much if you want to use your top tier deck on me like you know go ahead I'm, I'm gonna lose like i don't have like the best cards but i just play it you know to have fun casually so this seems like it would be meant for more like the hardcore tcg scene
0: now it, it does look very slick and mm-hmm. it's free to play so if it has like a mode where you can play casual rounds with your friends i'm really into that um i'm interested in the acquisition of cards how do you earn cards in this um Mm -hmm. how frequently can you get cards as a free-to-play person because usually in a free-to-play game i take that like i'm not going to spend money on this game like um later on today i'm gonna try pokemon unite a brand new free-to-play game and i refuse to to do microtransactions in in something like that um so we'll we'll see how that goes But, you know, having, like, a dedicated thing like this to an ever-evolving card game, like Yu-Gi-Oh! or, like, Magic the Gathering, is kind of cool. Like, you always like to see stuff like that. And while we're on it, the Yu-Gi-Oh! Rush Duel game Mm -hmm. for the Nintendo Switch is actually coming to the West, they announced yesterday in the same stream. I'm really hyped for that, actually. Like, I know nothing about the Rush Duels, but I need more Yu-Gi-Oh! content on my Switch, that's for sure.
1: I don't know. Uh, I mean, was it Yu Gi Oh? What we got? Le- Legacy of the Duelist. Legacy of the Duelist, probably
0: the greatest Yu Gi Oh game ever.
1: Well, we'll have to wait and see because sometimes I, I, I honestly I see these type of games like the one we're just like the the the, the kind of like you could call this like the, this casual. Then there's the pro one. You can use it as a let me build a a what if deck because obviously said you have to yeah. buy the cards so. I see these as like, what if the cars that I want are available on here, I can test to see how well it does, and what I like, what I dislike, what's consistent, what's not, and what I can add, take away, stuff like that. So that's what I kind of use it for as well, because sometimes when I want a card, I'm like, ah, uh, I don't know if I want it, let me try it out with this style and see if it works with me or not. So I also see yeah. it as that as well.
0: Overall, though. It looks like they put like a lot of effort into into some of these new Yu-Gi-Oh! things coming out So I will be checking them out and there's nothing wrong with starting a free-to-play game and seeing how you like it, especially since it's just (laughs) It's basically free to... Nintendo always uses the term for free-to-play games. It's like free to start stuff like that Um, there's a little bit of a difference there, but any free-to-play game is of course free to start Um, I just hope it doesn't end up being like pay
1: to win yeah that's what hopefully doesn't happen
0: yeah and last but not least we have some new snes games coming to nintendo switch online claymates and jelly boy which look like they are some platformers and bomboozle which looks like an isometric puzzle game i want to say bigger news here is that japan on their super famicom online app is getting the classic shin megami tensei if and they can couple this along with them having SMT1 on their um, Switch Online app too. And now I'm just like, Atlas. Sega, please tell your company, Atlas, to re-release Shin Megami Tensei and Shin Megami Tensei <laughs> if on the Nintendo Switch Online in North America and translate it. Please, Sega?
1: All I see here is just another announcement with no Prince of Persia or Rocky Road coming to come into the Nintendo Switch.
0: It'll happen one day. Look, how random is Claymates, Jelly Boy, and Bomboozle? It's got to be Rocky Roden at some point.
1: Man. Prince
0: of Persia might be tougher, but, man, I, if I don't see it coming at some point, if it just doesn't feel like it's going to be here at some
1: point. We'll see, man, because I don't know. I I mean... I- and all being realistic, I would rather see Prince of Persia because that's just a good game that I would want to play on, like, mobile. That's all it is. I-, I know you'd
0: rather have that come, but with the way things have been looking lately, it just feels like Rocky Rodent will be one of the, like, random SNES games that gets put on. Like, I've never heard of either of these three games. True. So, like, these more obscure games are starting to, to come in, I think. Yeah. Where's Earthbound, though? Where's Earthbound? I could go for Earthbound.
1: They they should at this point because. Really? Unless they're uh, planning
0: on like a collection for the Switch or something with Mother 1, 2, and 3, but I don't know. Anyway, I got one little thing here on the desk left. It's a Nintendo Direct rumor. A direct rumor. Oh, yeah. It's sponsored by Markers on the Map presents Trial by Energy Drink, and this week's flavor is Splash Damage Sugar Rush for when you're using a rocket moe's build on borderlands 3 of course anyway it's for a little game called castlevania the nightmare a modern day third person survival horror experience simon belmont is sent by his superiors to investigate a strangely supernatural castle but even getting in is a battle as skeleton guards patrol the gates Use your surroundings to sneak by ferocious beasts like werewolves in this pulse-pounding experience, or be forced to expel the limited ammunition Simon can find as he enters and explores the Labyrinthine Castle. Ghosts and demons haunt these halls, and even paintings can come alive at any moment and attack Simon, who will need to use wit and skill to solve devious puzzles and unlock doors to progress further into the massive castle of none other than Dracula, Legend is spoken of a weapon hidden deep in the castle known as the Vampire Killer, a powerful whip capable of destroying Dracula once and for all. But the vampire's minions and generals are stationed around its many corridors, and Simon will have to find a collection of mighty weapons and power-ups to help him on his quest. Use the dagger to sneak up behind enemies and take him out quietly. The axe allows for Simon to take on greater numbers of foes, letting him escape from overwhelming attacks by the demon hordes or groups of possessed skeletons. The cross lets Simon hit enemies from afar, stunning them and allowing for a rush-up attack with a dagger or axe. It also allows him to hit switches previously inaccessible in order to solve new puzzles and discover items in previous areas of the castle. Use the holy water to send bursts of flames at extremely tough foes in the late game, consuming them while you rush past. Additionally, use it to instantly destroy groups of smaller enemies. And finally, find the stopwatch to stop time, and even go back in time to uncover the mysteries of Dracula's past and the long-time rivalries that brought us to this point. But Simon's not as powerful as you think as Dracula walks these halls, showing up when you least expect, invincible to all damage and capable of defeating Simon in one powerful swipe. Tension builds, monsters rise, and a hero pushes through a castle set out to eliminate him on his quest for the vampire killer in Castlevania the Nightmare coming to the Nintendo Switch. Now this, now this I can get behind. This feels like a Resident Evil, Castlevania thing.
1: <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe this is the one of the directors from the fourth one because what the fourth one originally was gonna be a, a vampire one. Well, the fourth one was originally gonna be Devil May
0: Cry, but we'll get to that we'll at get some to point. That,
1: now that's a now that's a different topic.
0: That's a whole discussion. <laughs> Um, I'm liking the updates to the classic Castlevania weapons like the axe and the holy water. I'm liking how they've taken those and applied them to this 3D survival horror sensibility. Um, Dracula feels, I guess, like your Mr. X or Nemesis stalking mm-hmm. monster, like your Dimitrescu that will ca- like follow you around the castle. Um, it- it's taking the whole idea of what feels like a Resident Evil game, which is a lot of those are clearly inspired by Castlevania Metroid games. Like, Metroidvanias, they will have returning to areas you've been to, um, going back and finding new doors or pathways you've used as long as you've got new weapons to do that with. So, um, I'm seeing some potential here.
1: There's there's some potential here, but, you know, we'll have to wait and see. You know, there's been a long feud between, you know, Dracula and Simon Belmont, so... Yeah, this you be could the end say of it's even going, going
0: on since the eighties. It's been going on since the eighties, obviously. It's
1: been going on since the eighties, so we don't know this will be the end of that because if they're gonna go all out for this one, how they're gonna top it if they go all out.
0: Yeah. You know, Castlevania used to be like a very like linear level based thing and then it got turned into like the Egavanias, like the ones where you backtrack like in Metroid, uh Super Metroid and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So the next logical step for that would be to do a Ari type survival horror game. I think it, I think the concept of Castlevania marries to Resident Evil type games perfectly. So I'm really looking forward to this and hope it gets announced at the next direct.
1: We'll see. We we'll have the wait and see for this next uh, next direct. Whenever they'll even do one.
0: I know it's gotta be soon. You know me. It's gotta be soon. <laughs> anyway. So Robert, this week I played a Zelda game which right. you know is is not usually my cup of tea. No. <laughs> um my thing with Zelda games has always been I really want to like a Zelda game. Um I have played most of the Zelda games. I have played all of the 3D Zelda games. I believe except like Majora's Mask as of now. But one I had never played was Skyward Sword, so I I picked that up for the Switch. Now my thing my other thing with Zelda is that The puzzles in Zelda are always my least favorite part. Um, Breath of the Mm -hmm. Wild kind of mitigates this by not having traditional dungeons, but I still don't like a lot of things about Breath of the Wild, including the Divine Beasts and breakable weapons. Yeah. But my problem was always that the puzzles are so obtuse for me personally. It's like, why would I think of doing that for this puzzle? Or why do I need to apply this to that situation? Um... But I'm actually enjoying Skyward Sword, which is the 3D Zelda that came out before Breath of the Wild, so it's the 5th I believe. Um, the Switch version is running at a nice 60 frames per second, which is amazing for something like this. And I'm, I'm actually enjoying it so far. So to start, they touted some button controls um, back when the game was announced. Because of course, Skyward Sword was a Wii game at first. you play it with the Wii Motion Control plus. you use the sword to you can slash vertically um, horizontally. you can do diagonal slashes, you can do thrusts, you can do spin attacks and the you, like the way you held the re, the Wii Remote um, was how the sword acted on screen. Now, the button controls didn't actually work for me. It, I was looking forward to using the button controls for this. yeah, but it's got some inconveniences. If you want to move the camera, with button controls you have to hold l down oh because the sword is tied to the c stick
1: okay so if you
0: don't hold l down you're just slashing the sword yeah you kind of have to flick it in like an awkward way awkwardly flicking the stick to use the sword um another thing was that your shield was tied to clicking the left stick and i really don't like clicking the sticks in any game Mm -hmm. especially switch games Mm -hmm. um so I, I wasn't really feeling that. So I switched to the motion controls and learned how to use them. Basically, it, it's, it reads your, you know, mo- movements very well. Um, it, it is the switch, so there's no sensor bar. So you do have to reset the gyro um, quite frequently. But it controls really well. It's like a one-to-one thing. And your shield is like you thrust the left Joy-Con. He'll do a shield attack. You can counter, um, like, projectiles with it. Send them flying back at enemies so i'm actually liking the motion controls it it feels very 2006 um (laughs) playing uh, a nintendo zelda game with with like swinging the joy cons around like it was a wii remote or something so i'm actually having kind of a good time like doing that i like how enemies are set up to where sometimes they'll like line up there's a hydra enemy and the Hydra okay. enemy will like move its three heads horizontally. If you do a horizontal slash, you take out all three heads. If you if you if they're not horizontal and you don't slash them the right way, you can get two heads, but like they'll grow back because they're not. So it's got stuff like that. Um it's got moblins who will guard you. On one side so you just do a slash from the right and then left and then right it'll take them out you've got flowers that have mouths that open vertically and horizontally and you have to slash them through the opening so stuff like that is kind of cool um, it's an interesting approach you start off in Skyloft which is not a, like a terribly interesting area um, it's kind of inconvenient that that's where all the shops are and as we've mentioned before the fast travel from anywhere option is in the game. Usually you have to travel from statues, but the fast travel from anywhere option is there, but it's of course locked to that Zelda and Loftwing amiibo, and that's like impossible to get, and it's also expensive, so it's kind of a bummer that you can't fast travel from anywhere unless you have that. You have to do it from the statues, but we'll just look at it from the scope of the game itself. The story sets it up like Link is flying his loft wing through like a like a little race where he has to grab something and if he wins he gets to do the ceremony with Zelda of course you win um the flying controls are a little awkward the birds don't really add anything and it kind of feels cumbersome but that's besides the point um there's like a dark force that drags Zelda down to the surface because they all live in the sky and the surface is like this mystical place um, so, Link is like a chosen hero, of course, and he meets Fi, who is kind of like a like a blue fairy spirit thing that just hangs out in, in his sword, I believe, and kind of guides you through your, through your path to go rescue Zelda from whatever she's doing uh, on the surface, um, where the, the plot is unfolding with that. So, you go down to the surface, and you have this kind of tutorial area in like a forest most games in the franchise or any franchise like first party start in like a foresty type area Mm -hmm. and you go on kind of a tedious side quest to hunt down some birds so it introduces you to this feature of your sword which lets you track certain items down um you do that you learn how to fight a few of the enemies you learn how to use the shield like deflect and then you do a temple um the first temple is a water temple it's got a few interesting little gimmicks Um, And this is where I discovered that the secret to the Zelda puzzles is just think to myself, Daniel, what would they, what could they possibly not make me do? What, what would, is there no way they would have me do? And then that's usually the solution to the puzzle. So I'm actually, (laughs) it's hilarious. It's like what I'm like, they couldn't possibly make me do this. And then of course that's the solution to the puzzle. So I'm kind of finding it like manageable right now. Um, the the water temple introduces you to the little beetle that you can fly around and you can hit switches with it you can eventually pick items up with it um, you control it with the motion control so it's a little weird to get used to at first but it, it kind of feels natural now I think I had to look up a guide to like I had this idea like maybe if I spun the sword at this eyeball it would open the door for me and I tried it and it didn't work but then I looked up what to do, and I was doing the right thing. I just didn't do it enough, I guess. So um, I was on the right track with that. Um, I did have to look up a guide for the first boss fight because it's got this interesting gimmick where uh, since you have different ways you can slash the Joy-Con, yeah. if you hold up, he will block up. So you have to pr- you have to like hold the sword up and then move to a side so that he can't block it. So there's stuff like that the second area was the fire area where you're in a volcano and they had one part where i had to use a guide to like get the last two pieces of a key to open the door but the area itself was cool you get a a digging mechanic where you can get hearts and rupees out of the ground or like summon whirlwinds so that you can get to to new ledges and stuff like that The fire temple was a little bit obnoxious. It featured a lot of parts where you're having to roll on a ball in the lava. But Link moves faster than the ball, so you had to spend a lot of time kind of readjusting your position. Mm -hmm. And the enemies were a little annoying in there. There was some times where you had to find little cracks on the wall to throw bombs on because that's where the bombs start coming into play in in that second area. And bombs are cool in this because you can throw them overhead or you can kind of bowl with them. And you can use the, the bowling bombs basically to get underneath little like openings on the ground level and hit switches or break open doors, stuff like that. The boss of that stage was like a, like a rock boulder monster and basically I felt like the introduction to the bomb aspect um, really prepared me to fight that boss. So that was cool. Now, the area I'm currently in is just past the desert. I'm I'm in the third temple, but the desert area was interesting because you have this mechanic where you hit a stone, and this desert's been, like, dead for years. But you hit the stone, and it brings it back to the past. So you can use that to solve puzzles like, oh, if I want this, like, worker character to move out of the way, Mm -hmm. I need to reset it to where it's in the past so he will be alive again and he'll move out of the way of the cart you can push the cart and then you can hit the other time crystal and it'll spawn time like past in that area you could ride the cart to a, to a new door that's another area the whole desert area um has some weird mechanics to so it's some like they couldn't possibly make me do this like using the beetle carrying a bomb to hit an enemy ride on his shell down the quicksand to hit another one i'm like I can't believe I figured this out like me personally with the Zelda game um and then there's an instance where I'm like there's no way they would make me throw this enemy that like shocks you every five seconds if you're holding on to it across all these gaps and I'm like well that was the solution to that one so where I'm currently at with it is the the mining facility I guess so I, I have to say I'm actually pleasantly surprised that i'm enjoying this it's got nice soft colors and a really cool look to it i'm just thrilled honestly (laughs) it's the most fun i've had with the 3d zelda
1: that's interesting yeah i mean it was i mean breath wall is the last 3d zelda you played right yeah but i've I've played
0: ocarina i've played twilight princess i've played um wind waker as well but never really Got in with the. I've, I don't like much of the 2D Zeldas either. I've only ever beat Link's Awakening because it was on Switch and it was like really nice.
1: <laughs> Interesting. That's like Skyward Sword of all of them has been the, the most fun you've had in a while.
0: Yeah, that's the one that gets the most flack from what I can see.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's like everyone everyone just has a different opinion. I mean, there's no problem with it. Yeah. Someone in Nintendo's probably like, finally, someone's having fun with it. They're actually doing what yeah. we're trying to make it be fun.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm having a good time. I've not been, like, awfully frustrated by it so far. I do think some of the damage is, like, why are you taking out a whole heart? And some of the some of the bomb throwing is is a bit, uh, you know. <laughs> um, it can it can get frustrating. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, compared to... I, I, like, compared to the other game, the Link's Awakening, I used a guide for that because it's super obtuse. I'm thinking... Skyward Sword might not be as obtuse as Link's Awakening, so I'm trying to use a guide as little as possible. I can say I used it m- mostly for that first boss and finding one area that you were supposed to go into that was hurting you uh, on the way to the like fourth key fragment, and then that eyeball thing that I had right in the first place. So I'm just trying to get as much of the game done as I can without resorting to a guide because I'm feeling like I'm enjoying the experience. There's a few things I don't like. I don't like the shop system. Uh, it's mm, I don't like the shop systems in Zelda. It's like you're buying Always. things individually at at very like obnoxious paces, and I'm not I'm not super into that. But I'm liking the approach to sword play in this one. So um, we'll keep posted on Skyward Sword. Apparently, I'm not even scratching the surface at this point so it's a okay a big game i guess yeah <laughs>
1: yeah you got a long long journey ahead of you
0: yeah it's it's gonna probably take a while with samurai warriors 5 coming out and the great ace attorney but i'll keep playing skyward sword because I'm i'm enjoying it yeah anyway would you say we have done an episode this week
1: yeah we've done an episode that should wrap up what's happened this week all right
0: as usual guys we want to thank you so much for listening Please check us out on Apple Podcasts, leave a good rating and review, and please subscribe. If you don't like Apple Podcasts, we're on Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Podbean, but please like Apple Podcasts. And please follow us on Twitter, at Markers on the Map. So, I guess there's not much left to say besides... Sega. Please, Sega. re release Shadow the Hedgehog on a modern-day console, so I don't have to drag out my Wii. And potentially get a TV that can play the Wii. Or my PS2. Sega. And that the real Kim Possible What the Switch was the friends we made along the way. So we'll see you next time. Bye.
1: Later.